Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Tap that keg. Get it on ice. Uh-oh! Get the wings out. Let's go! It's the New Hampshire primary, baby! Woo! Tailgate, you really hammer? Really? No, not really. Yeah, not at all. You can keep the keg on ice. You can put the wings back in the fridge and save them for South Carolina. If we make it that far. Exactly. Let's be honest. Donald Trump's going to win this tonight. It just comes down to how much, what percentage is he going to win tonight? But Nikki Haley has already said... No matter what happens, whether she loses by one vote or she loses by 40%, she is not dropping out after tonight. Well, she's made a lot of promises. Nikki Haley <laughs> Nikki Haley promised Trump she would not run against him. True. Can't and here we trusted. are. Yeah. Here we are. Um, but it just feels like sooner or later, Ronna McDaniel and the RNC, they're going to have to have that come to Jesus conversation with uh, Nikki Haley and say, look, in Iowa, you were third place. You lost to a guy that's not in the race anymore and you were blown out. And then in New Hampshire, if this goes the way we think it's going to, you were blown out by 20 plus percentage points. It's time to pack it up and pack it in. Kind of like the DNC did with Bernie Sanders twice, I believe, right? Uh, Tip your hat to the DNC, (laughs) man. When it's time to uh, play hardball, they get the job done. Now, their primaries may be screwy. You know, they had a train wreck in Iowa the last time. They've ticked off New Hampshire by, you know, moving South Carolina to be the first real primary that they have. But when it comes time to volunteer people, hey, you're done here, right? Wink, wink. They get the job done and they get results. Who, who, who got voluntold for the de- Democrats? B- Mayor Pete, right? Pete Buttigieg, who won the first two primaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa and New Hampshire. And he had a lot of momentum, but he was running out of money. Bernie Sanders is probably another guy. They said, to, hey, yeah, old man, take a seat. Right. Because the Democrats, they looked at things big picture. They knew Pete Buttigieg was not going to beat Donald Trump in that presidential election in 2020. And they weren't going to get a socialist to win the presidency. (laughs) Despite them being incredibly popular in their own party, they trotted the old bones, the dusty corpse of Joe Biden out there. They told us he was a moderate. He was the great unifier. Next thing you know, he's telling us, you ain't black and everything and in between. (laughs) didn't, I mean, but didn't they do the same thing in 2016 with Hillary Clinton? And Bernie Sanders? And Bernie Sanders, they made him still turn around and and endorse her. But you know what? Bernie took it time after time. So eventually... He knows how to play ball. But like George W. Bush once said, fool me once, shame on... Shame on you. (laughs) Fool me, won't be fooled again. It happened twice to Bernie. The first time you could chalk that up to him saying, all right, I'm going to do what's best for the party. The second time, now you're just going along with it and you're weak. So that's the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats right now. The Democrats are more than happy to have these rough conversations with candidates telling them your time is over as to where I see Ronna McDaniel right now and she's pretty silent on 
moving forward, focusing on Joe Biden and the general election. Let's hear from some of your stars of the game tonight. Nikki Haley on the campaign trail this morning. I've always said strong girls become strong women, strong women become strong leaders. But to see the girls that came to the town halls and their dads brought them because they wanted to see me. And then because of them, we earned their dad's support. It's something special. I want girls to know that, look, how blessed are we to live in a country that you can grow up and be anything you want to be and government not get in the way get in the way. That's what I hope I take from it. This is such a reminder of like why I'm doing this. So um, it matters. I want I don't want my kids to live like this and I don't want anybody else's kids to live like this. Our country is better than what we're dealing with right now. Let's let's stop the chaos and let's go forward. That's minority woman of color, Nikki Haley. I was going to say, pulling out the gender identity card over and over and over again in that clip. The last week, she's played the gender card and the race card, claiming that she was the victim of racism because she's so brown. Quote, after George Floyd's death, in order for healing to occur, what happens next must be personal and painful for everyone. Yeah, okay, that was the quote from Nikki Haley. Well, that's going to be personal and painful for me. What are we just supposed to? Were we just supposed to let everybody burn the buildings down? Right. In the summer of love. I didn't break the law, so why I, I is my neighborhood I, being burned to the ground? Yeah, that's a reach. But you know what? Can you even blame her at this point? She's grasping for straws. She doesn't want to leave anything left behind. So she's going to play the race card. She's going to play the gender card. She's going to put it all out there and. She can go to bed at night knowing even though you got beat by 25 percentage points, <laughs> you gave it your best shot. Uh, last night, Donald Trump, he had a campaign rally in New Hampshire. With your vote for our campaign on Tuesday, so important, most important vote you're ever going to take or make. You can declare that the Republican Party is never going to go back to those days of weak establishment candidates who preach cutting Medicare and Social Security at home while they spend trillions and trillions of dollars on endless wars all over the place in countries that you've never even heard of and countries that don't want us. We're never going back to the days of globalist rhinos who promised border security before the election, but do the bidding of their open borders and donors after the election. So if you want a losing candidate who puts America last, vote for Nikki Haley. But if you want a president who puts America first every single time, you're going to vote for Donald J. Trump, and you have to get out and vote. Now, Trump at his event last night, he had his flavor flav with him. Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> because ever since... His hype man? Vivek dropped out of that race. He has been the hype man. He's been the flavor flave for Donald Trump. And he brought the energy last night. We are in the middle of a war in this country. It's not between black and white or even between most Democrats and Republicans. It is between those of us who love this country and a fringe minority who hates the United States of America and what we stand for. Between the permanent state and the everyday citizen. So Vivek out on the stump with Donald Trump, Tim Scott out on the stump mm-hmm. with Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, even though he didn't sound really enthused about it, he's also endorsed Donald Trump. 
Nikki Haley, the only person I ever see walking around with her is Governor Sununu of New Hampshire. <laughs> and that's it. Even uh, in your face, Nancy Mace flip-flopped. It is now uh, Congresswoman Mace is endorsing Nikki Haley. Rand Paul, appearing on Tucker Carlson's Twitter show, had some thoughts upon Nikki Haley. It really it gets to me at a, at a very basic level. It gets to me when I see people who I think care more about the borders of Ukraine than they care about our own southern border. And I see these people every day because they're the entire Democrat caucus up here, but they're half of my caucus. Half of my yes. Republican caucus is, as we speak, ready to sell out, and they're ready to sell out fake border reform in exchange for what they really want, which is to send more of your tax dollars to Ukraine. I think Nikki Haley fits right in that camp. I think she's from the she's from the McConnell Dick Cheney wing of the party and this is the antithesis of everything I believe in. I've spent uh, a few years trying to promote the ideas of liberty. There is a wing of the party that believes in that and I want to make sure anybody that follows the, the, what I do knows that there's no way shape or form I could support Nikki Haley. So, the New Hampshire primary, it is underway. Uh, We've got coverage all throughout the evening. Uh, Tony Kennett, his program starts at 7. He'll have the latest results, information, and then we go live to the network. Fox News coverage of the results of the New Hampshire primary uh, starting at 8 o'clock here at 93 WIBC. So, if tonight, Nige, isn't tailgate worthy, if you're looking for a reason to drink tonight... How about this? All right. Today is National Handwriting Day. <laughs> National Handwriting Day. Yeah. Now, you're laughing and you're yeah. kind of shaking your head, but it wasn't that long ago that you and I both were part of this handwriting campaign. We were trying to get Jeff Bezos to bring that second <laughs> Amazon headquarters to Indianapolis. Right, right, and each right. day, we would write a handwritten letter to Jeff Bezos explaining why Indy was a better choice compared to other cities like Pittsburgh. Dear Jeff Bezos, thanks for choosing Indy as one of your finalists for your second corporate headquarters. We're a much better choice than, say, Pittsburgh. If diversity is what you're looking for, you won't find it in Pittsburgh. They were ranked the least diverse metro area in the country. In fact, Pittsburgh is so white that residents have to put on sunscreen every time they watch TV for fear of getting a sunburn. True. Pittsburgh barely has any nightlife to speak of. However, if dive bars and drunken asshole Steelers fans are your thing, there's one on every corner. True. Here's a few words people often use to describe Pittsburgh. Depressing. Gloomy. Grimy. Smoky. Depressing. <laughs> Remember when President Trump used the word hole? He actually meant to say shitberg. Oh, come on! And lastly, if you ever find yourself contemplating suicide, don't ever go to Pittsburgh. There's nothing there that's going to change your mind. Sincerely, Hammer and Nigel. I forgot. I forgot I wrote that. Okay. It's all coming back to me now. Happy National Handwriting Happy Day. National Handwriting Day. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest in studio. Richard Edwards is the general manager for St. Elmo Steakhouse. Now I always have to pause and think about it because the one time I said St. Elmo's with an S on it. Oh, no. You would have thought that I said the F word on the radio, Richard. <laughs> People were sending me mean tweets left and right, right, right. calling it's me St. Elmo, you redneck. <laughs> you hillbilly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. St. Elmo yeah. Steakhouse. Apparently, that is a big, big deal, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. You got it right. It's St. It's Elmo, if you're going to just call it by that. But yeah, St. Elmo's is a faux pas. And you've been Saint the GM Elmo's there for a while. No pressure being the GM of one of the, the most iconic, oldest steakhouses it's, um, in it's not humbling. only in Indiana. But uh, in, a, in the country, yeah, you know it's it's great. It's it's humbling walking through there. You know, through the restaurant itself, throughout you know every day, um, all the history that goes through there. You see I'm all the kidding. pictures on the walls. Yeah. And, you know, half of my staff have been there for over twenty years. You know, we have a guy and who's that says retiring. something too about leadership. It does. It does. You know, it's a great group of people we work with. Um, you know, it it's just a, a wonderful group of people, and the. The philosophy has always been that the guest experience should never exceed the employee experience to where, you know, the employees are taken care of first. And we know that it trickles down. Well, I got to tell you, we'll get to the reason you're here in just a minute. But you and I have a personal connection. You worked at a former establishment and uh, knew my dad really well and helped him get engaged to his beautiful (laughs) wife, Diane, my stepmom. There was lots of cocktails. Several years ago. Yeah. (laughs) So you were involved in the surprise engagement. So uh, my dad wanted to I remember those days. and, And that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, tell Jeff I said hi yeah, as well. Sure. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him recently. He's, he's got to come by and bust his chops about okay. that for me, please. You bet. So let's talk about Devour Downtown. Devour is this um, event that's been happening for a number of years where you can get some really good discounts from a lot of community partners. St. Elmo is one of those partners. Yeah. What do you guys have lined up? So you can have a three-course meal uh, for between forty-five and like seventy-five dollars. Um, whether it's you know you get a shrimp cocktail, an entree, and you know a soup or a salad. The world famous shrimp cocktail. The world by famous the way. shrimp cocktail. You can't cocktail, just truly. say shrimp cocktail oh, yeah. because. It is what I think the steakhouse is known Explosive. for. Explosive, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. We've been doing that since day one. Yeah, 1902. That's and been the thing. What's so wild about St. Elmo is whenever there's a big event in Indianapolis, whether it's the Indy 500, you know, we've got the All-Star Game coming up, Final Fours, it's like standing outside of a red carpet watching celebrities <laughs> walk in and out of that restaurant. Uh, we, we physically put a red carpet out there now and some stanchions because <laughs> it's fun that way. <laughs> is it Devour a cool idea, though? Because it's not, it's like restaurants coming together. I know a lot of these restaurants that are involved in this are your competition. Yeah, but no, you guys it's all fun. still all kind of get together and participate in yeah that. well you know don't get me wrong it's a revenue generating source yes. um and it's it's there's a lot of camaraderie that goes along with it because it is fun for us you know it's it's a creative effort you can't take your your, your existing menu and just you know put a discount on it you got to come up with new ideas but still remain you know partial to your brand right um, but you know it, it's a lot of fun for us as, as, as restaurateurs how often as a general manager are you there every day I uh, wouldn't go that far. Um, you know, okay. One thing about being a good manager is that you're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Make somebody else do all the work. Yes, delegate. Uh, no. um, I'm there, you know, five, six days a week, and it d- depends upon the amount of hours per day um, based upon business. 
Man, I still haven't been to 1933 yet. I'm telling you, dude, you got to come by. My dad and his wife go there all the time. Yeah, the cocktails are strong. You know, yeah. we we you know we we pour heavy. That's why it's you know my favorite bar. Heavy um, pour. You know, it's I, good I, for I tell you. the waitress, don't be afraid to break your wrist when you pour. My, <laughs> break your wrist. Honey. Then she goes back to the bar. Yeah, that alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, he's back again. Yeah. Who's that fat alcoholic over there? And keep an eye on. And him. as a general manager, do you have you heard about? They're trying to change the happy hour laws. Yeah, I this, did hear about that. I don't know the specifics of the bill, but we're excited about it. You know, for right now, it's the happy day. You, know, you you have to have specific promotions that go throughout the entire day, and then you're really focused on food. You can do food things for like an hour here and there. Yeah. But from what I gather, that we're going to be able to change the price, um, the price of the alcohol. the prices of the alcohol for a specific period of time. You guys have a pretty good turnout of folks that just come to belly up at the bar. Yeah, right? yeah, oh, of yeah. course. Especially during you know like like so pre Coles games, we'll have a line out the door um, when everyone's oh, yeah. trying to get to the the, the the main bar or a lounge bar just to chill out for a couple hours before the game. Chatting with Richard Edwards, the uh, general manager for St. Elmo Steakhouse. We're talking about, it used to be called Devour Downtown. Now I think it's just Devour Indy because mm-hmm. more and more people want to yeah. be a part of this kind yep. of thing. Well, it was originally designed to be a downtown focus. You know, Devour came from, you know, devouring everything that downtown has to offer, whether it be symphony, hotels, restaurants, events in general. We started it near 20 years ago, man. And um, I, I was I walked into the building today and I'm looking around and I remember God, it was maybe 15, 18 years ago. We had a rollout event up here. We had restaurants along the, 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 yeah. the top and then we had restaurants down below. It was kind of invite only and it was you know, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You brought a little sampling for us here. What do we have? We shrimp cocktail. And we also have some stuffed shrimp with linguine. Um, oh. why, why, you know, why don't you guys try the shrimp cocktail on on air? And, uh, and oh, we've done just... that song and dance before. <laughs> yes. Don't threaten us with a good time here. Well, we, 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 yeah. I embarrass myself in front of Joey Chestnut because he'll come here when he does oh, the, sure. the competition, and we have we try to compete with him on the air, and it's there's no there's no competing right with the world's <laughs> biggest and best um, uh, professional eater. And you guys have oh. that type of relationship with so many major celebrities and brands. Like, Ooh. that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good today, is it? You got me, Richard. Uh-oh, here we go. Here we you go. got me, buddy. Oh, Allison, man. you might have to take us into commercial here. Stand by. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Oh, it's so good. And I'm even squirting the lemon on it, too. Give it a little extra kick, oh, nice. Man. One more time, Richard. Tell us about the deal. Uh, it's you know it's Devour Downtown. It happens a couple times a year, two weeks at a pop. Um, this one is our Winter Fest, and it for St. Elmo you can get a three course meal between forty five and seventy five dollars. Love it, great value. Thank you so much. Thanks. I got a mouthful of shrimp, so we better go to a break. <laughs> the Hammer and Nigel Show. You can't fight the friction. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel Hammer over there with a special guest on the hotline. Gates McGavick is the legal communications director and a spokesman for the RNC. Gates, welcome back to the Hammer and Nigel show, and let's get right to it. It's a big night for the Republicans. Republican primary, people are going to the polls right now. Uh, What's the vibe? What are we hearing? Hey, good to be back with you guys. I mean, I think everyone's looking forward to tonight, right? I mean, it's been a long primary season, um, and any time that you know Republican voters are going out by the thousands and tens of thousands and uh, casting votes for Republican candidates, 
they're, they're casting votes against Joe Biden. So I think we're looking forward to a big turnout. Uh, we're looking forward to a lot of Republican enthusiasm across the board. And I think we're looking forward to getting one step closer to this general election. Now, for those who haven't been keeping close track of what's really going on here, remind everybody why it's just the Republicans and not the Democrats here. I know we're dealing with an incumbent president, but there were other people that wanted to be on the ballot here, and yet that's not happening. Yeah, so long and short of it, Joe Biden abandoned New Hampshire. Uh, He and the DNC shook up the Democrat primary calendar to make South Carolina their first primary. And as a result, Biden's not even on the ballot in New Hampshire. He totally abandoned the state. And then you have other Democrats like Dean Phillips and Marianne Williamson, who are so unhappy with Joe Biden's presidency that they're on the ballot. And so you're going to see a president probably get a decent number of votes cast against him uh, in the New Hampshire primary. And it's all because Democrats walked away from New Hampshire and uh, Republicans put down roots there. So Gates, after tonight, say it's just, just, you know, Donald Trump just boat races Nikki Haley, and it's a huge margin. And I know you have to be impartial here and be kind of careful what you say, but would you like to see the party come together if this is just such a, a, a blowout tonight and see, you know, Donald Trump come out, come out on top as the, as the front runner here? Yeah, you know, look, we'll see what happens. Maybe Nikki wants to go to her home state. Um, she'll make whatever decision is best for her based yeah. off tonight. But, yeah, I think you're seeing Republicans really come together across the board. And if there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that we knew Joe Biden was going to be bad. But I don't think any of us knew just how bad it was going to be um, and just how quickly he's undone all the progress of the last Republican administration. So, yeah, I mean, over at the RNC, you know, we support whoever the nominee is. We're busy. We're keeping our head down. We're building infrastructure, get out the vote infrastructure, election integrity infrastructure. And as soon as we have a nominee, we're going to give them a key to the machine and they get to drive. What's the role of the RNC when it comes to candidates? Like at this point, Does the RNC have to give financial support to Nikki Haley and Donald Trump because they're the two that are technically still in this thing? How does it work? No, so we, you know, we provided the debate platforms. Uh, we provided them a chance to kind of share their vision for the American people. It, good way to think about it. If candidates are like athletes on a football field, we build the stadium, right? We like maintain the infrastructure that the candidates can use to get their message out, get votes out. So, you know, right now we're not directly financially assisting either campaign. We're using our money to build that stadium, build that infrastructure, you know, sign up the volunteers, file the lawsuit. Right. So that once we have that one candidate, they come in, they take advantage of what we've built. But in that, you know, to use that analogy, while you're building the stadium, that means money isn't being spent to promote who is going to be going against Joe Biden. And I say that because, you know, we get a lot of text messages here. We get people call our show that say, you know, right now the RNC, they could be promoting Donald Trump to the masses. They could be spending money to go out there and fight Joe Biden. But right now they have to kind of keep it close to the vest because technically there are two candidates, even though one has already been blown out and might be blown out again. Yeah, look, I think we'll know a lot more after tonight, right? Things can change so quickly in in the field of politics. Um, But I will say that, you know, we are spending money against Joe Biden. That's part of why the RNC exists, to attack the Democrat incumbent 24-7. I'll give you an example. So over this cycle alone, 
The RNC has filed 76 election integrity lawsuits in 22 states across the country. These are lawsuits like making sure that voter ID is taken care of, making sure that mail-in voting is safe, uh, making sure that poll watchers have access inside the room. Lawsuits cost money. We filed 76 of them. That's the kind of thing we could do that while the primary is playing out and voters are making their decisions, we are in the background building this infrastructure against Joe Biden. That's where the money is going. It's being very well spent. Gates, what do you think is the biggest issue for Republican voters right now? More often than not, it's always the economy. But with this news coming out yesterday that the Supreme Court has basically said, you know, people in Texas can't defend themselves against what's happening at the border here. Has the immigration, illegal immigration crisis surpassed the economy or are they neck and neck? What are you hearing? I mean, I think neck and neck, and I think it's just it's because it's so unprecedented. I mean, I think every year the economy is number one, right? That's the day-to-day, how people feed their families, you know, get their kids to school, et cetera, pay for a mortgage. But the border is so – I mean, we do not have a functional southern border at a time when the world is a very dangerous place, and we have no idea who's coming into our country. And the level of disregard and disdain that Joe Biden has showed for this crisis – Not to mention the fact it's literally killing our citizens. Poison is flooding in through our border in the form of fentanyl and killing people by the dozen by the day. So I think this border crisis just and what it says about the Biden administration, that they truly just don't care about the American people enough to protect their southern border. Um, I think it does really make it kind of that neck and neck economy and the border issue. Yeah. Gates, one more thing before we let you go. Um, what do you think turnout's going to be like tonight? I mean, we kind of talked about it at the beginning of this segment. You go, you go back to the Iowa caucuses, about 15% of registered Republicans showed up. Uh, Trump still won by a landslide. So, um, in a freezing I, blizzard, yeah, in a basically. freezing blizzard. Do you right. think we're going to have yeah. better t- turnout per capita uh, in New Hampshire tonight? I think historically New Hampshire does tend to have a higher turnout per capita. Um, And it does help that it's not like an insane. It's very cold there, but there's no like insane blizzard happening. Um, So, yeah, I I think we'll see really strong turnout. And again, I think, you know, taking a step back, big picture here, you're about to see hundreds of thousands of Republicans go turn out, vote for their candidates. And uh, that's a really good thing to see. One last thing real quick. After tonight, when it's all done, let's say Nikki Haley does not drop out because that's what she said. She's gone on the record. No matter what happens tonight, she's not going to drop out. What does the RNC do next? Give me a little timeline of what the road to 2024 looks like. I mean, I think then we're on to South Nevada, I guess, and then South Carolina, right? We're going to continue doing what we've been doing, which is messaging nonstop against the Biden administration, filing key lawsuits, training thousands of poll watchers, poll workers, thousands of volunteers in the field, developing our data set that we can use to effectively target voters. We will keep building, uh, keep building our infrastructure as the primary plays out for as long as it takes. And when the primary is over, whether that be tomorrow or weeks from now, uh, we will be right there to support the nominee. Gates McGavick, Legal Communications Director and Spokesman for the RNC. Gates, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Hey, thank you for having me on. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's time to play Doobie Brother or Robert Mueller. <laughs> Doobie Brother or Robert Mueller. 
Can you repeat the question, sir? You're going to have to repeat that for me. Doobie brother, Robert Mueller, I'll hammer a nugget. <laughs> All right, Mueller. We have got two tickets to go see the Doobie Brothers with Steve Winwood at Ruoff, August 17th. Richard was caller at number nine. Richard, how are you? Just fine, guys. How are you? Man, we're doing good. This is how it's going to work. Here in just a moment, I'm going to give you a fact about someone. It will either be a fact about one of the Doobie Brothers, or it will be a fact about the guy that led the investigation into Donald Trump's alleged collusion against Russia, Robert Mueller. You get two out of three correct. We're going to give you these tickets, okay? Sounds good. All right, here we go. Doobie Brother or Robert Mueller? This individual performed with the band, but also had a successful solo career, including hits like I Keep Forgetting" and What a Fool Believes, Doobie Brother or Robert Mueller? I think that'd be the Doobie Brother. That go. is. That is. Michael McDonald right there. I keep forgetting. <laughs> All right. That's not bad. Thank you. Thank you. Get one more correct. We're going to give you the tickets here. This individual concluded his investigation by saying, quote, we could not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Doobie brother or Robert Mueller? I'm going to go with Mueller. Yeah! Go! My man. Well done, Richard. You like the Doobie Brothers, Richard? You a Doobie fan? I'm old enough to remember when uh, there there was just the Doobie Brothers. It was just one of them. (laughs) And you were that guy. You were the brother. Uh, Richard, that's awesome. Congratulations. And as always, the rules are you won the tickets, so somebody else has to drive to the show so you can have a beer or two. Understood. Right on. Hang on the line. Allison will take care of you, okay? Thanks, buddy. Thank you. And in honor of the Doobie Brothers tickets, which we're giving away all week. If you didn't get through today, we'll have more tomorrow. Uh, Usually, we're going to do this in the 3 o'clock hour. So sometime before 4 o'clock all week long, your chance to win tickets. Let's celebrate by having great moments in Doobie history, shall we? Okay. This is Chris Farley's character, the motivational speaker. (laughs) Now, young man, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, actually, Matt, I kind of want to be a writer. Well, Lottie frickin' duh! <laughs> we got ourselves a writer here! Now, I wonder, from what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies! <laughs> doobies? You're be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down, down by the Great moments in Doobie history. We got it. Wasn't it the Doobie Brothers that was playing, always playing in the background of the store they worked at at the Forty Year Old Virgin? In that movie, Michael the, McDonald was for sure. Yes, was driving him nuts. Yamo be there. I'm a Yamo yeah. burn yeah. this place to the ground. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. That's exactly what I was saying. Uh, Man, that's going to be a fun show. Tickets all week. Uh, Pacers in action tonight. The defending champions are here. The Denver Nuggets. The Joker. Nikola Jokic. He is in town. And I was all excited because I thought, all right, Halliburton's going to be healthy. Pacers made this trade. This home trip. You know, being back here in Indy, this is where we're going to flip the script and let's go. 
And now it sounds like Therese Halliburton may have re-aggravated that hamstring injury oh, no. on his comeback game in Portland last weekend. So he's out for at least three more games. Whoops. That stinks. But it's the home debut for Pascal Siakam tonight. And with Halliburton being out, next man up. So I'm going to the game tonight. Cool. Uh, that just means more minutes for Nimhard and TJ McConnell. And I love TJ McConnell. He's a scrappy hustler, uh, not the biggest, not the fastest, but that's the type of dude that you would hate to play against. You're just happy he's on your team. All right, coming up next, we've got a lot of legal stuff. We've got updates in the Delphi investigation. We'll have the latest on that Supreme Court decision and an AI bill that could affect some of your favorite comedy outlets. So all that's coming up next. Do not go anywhere. We are rocking this party until 7. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Let's not waste any time. We've got a lot of legal stuff to get to, so cue up the band. Let's go! Crime, punishment, judges... Legal stuff. All right. Let's start here in Indiana. The Delphi murder case, uh, they had some action yesterday with Judge Fran Gold. Okay. Now, if you want a very concise, clear breakdown of what happened, the newsroom here at WIBC, they've got an article posted at WIBC.com. Phenomenal. They make it easy. It's bullet points. You'll know everything that happened here. But if you haven't seen it yet... The special judge, Fran Gull, she issued several rulings in regards to court filings by the legal team of the suspect, Richard Allen. So Judge Gull denied several motions, including the request from Richard Allen's team to remove ballistics evidence during the search of his home back in the 2022. Yeah, well, the ballistics evidence that refers to, the, uh, I believe, the unspent shell case, casing that was found by the bodies that was um, that was part of Richard Allen's gun. Right. You know, that was, you know, came out of Richard, Richard Allen's gun. That's what the ballistics say. And they wanted that thrown out. And I feel like that was the smoking gun, pardon the pun, of the case. Now, the judge in this case, Gull, said that the probable cause affidavit and the attached exhibits were not knowingly false and were filed with a reasonable belief that there would be evidence found within Richard Allen's home. Now, the confusing thing about this is that... It sounds like these young ladies were stabbed to death, but yet they're looking for shell casings and guns. So Richard Allen's team, the defense, they were trying to say, you had no grounds for a search warrant to come into our client's home. Legal stuff. Also, uh, the judge did take under advisement Allen's motion to transfer out of the Wabash Valley prison. His, le- his legal team cited many of the same problems from Westfield, Westville rather, uh, existed at wait, Wabash. Wait, 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 wait. So they they made a big stink about him and his treatment at Westville. They finally capitulated. The, the judge had said, "All right, we'll move him to Wabash," and now they want him to move be moved again. These people I, are trying to do anything they can. I mean. Okay, um, that's that's a no for me, dog. And lastly, uh, Judge Fran Gull, uh, she 
plans to have a remote hearing for Carroll County Prosecutor Nick McLeland's motion to change the charges against Richard Allen. The prosecutor wants to charge Allen with two more counts, including kidnapping as well as murder, in addition to the original felony charges of murder. So basically, they want to fi- you know, pile on more charges. And the judge said, we'll have a uh, video conference on that later on. Now, this is all on the heels of the Supreme Court last week, ruling that the original attorneys, the defense yeah. attorneys, can go back to Richard Allen's I was fine with that. I agreed with that. But this business about him being moved from one jail to another than another jail for a third time, look, I got news for you. Uh, prison ain't, you know, it's not like you're staying at the Conrad. It's supposed to be unpleasant. We are doing legal stuff, and we were on the air yesterday when the Supreme Court came down with that five to four decision. You mean the super conservative Supreme Court? Oh, yeah. Super conservative Supreme Court. Ruling against uh, Texas on the razor wire? Basically states that Texas can't defend themselves. Governor Abbott put up some razor wire, some boundaries to help fight off a little bit of the mass illegal immigration and ultimately crime and drugs coming into his state. Well, the Supreme Court, by a five to four vote, says, no, you can't defend yourself. It was Amy Coney Barrett and it was Justice Roberts that sided with the liberal yeah. justices. So when you hear Joe Biden and we hear these idiots in Congress say, we need to pack the court system. We need to get more Supreme Court members in there. We need to pack the courts. We, they're super, unbelievably over-the-top conservative. Uh, that's laughable. Yeah. But this ruling is a joke. Uh, it's this, not over yet, by the way. No, and that's exactly what Governor Abbott put on his Twitter account. Quote, this is not over. Texas razor wire is an effective deterrent to the illegal crossings Biden encourages. I will continue to defend Texas constitutional authority to secure the border and prevent the Biden administration from destroying our property. Now, we're hearing some reports that the Texas National Guard, they're not backing down and they're actually training and ready to protect the border in bigger numbers. There are some reporters that have been embedded with what's going on in Texas from some Texas TV stations, and the reports make it sound like we're going to have our National Guard down there in more numbers, and we don't give a damn what the Biden administration has to say. Now, you're a Tucker Carlson guy. You're Mr. Tucker on this show. I'm a member of the website. Tell me if you're good with this tweet from Tucker. So it's unanimous. Everyone in power, from the White House to the hedge fund managers to the Supreme Court of the United States, has decided to destroy the country by allowing it to be invaded. That leaves the population to defend itself. Where are the men of Texas? Why aren't they protecting their state and the nation? Well, I certainly think that you have the right to protect your property, your home, your land. And uh, if 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 it takes extreme measures, I mean, you got people coming across the border. You don't know who they are. Many are military-aged men. Are you kidding me? I don't. Is is Tucker like implying like he he wants some sort of civil war going on down there? I don't is, know. Is and you got to be careful because you don't want people just saying, "I'm going to shoot first yeah, and ask questions yeah, 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 later." Yeah, you don't. You don't want that. Uh, legal stuff here. I want everybody to keep an eye on this congressional bill uh, set to limit. AI features. There's a bill being worked on right now 
in Congress where they're concerned about artificial intelligence being able to be used against someone's will. Now, the intent of this bill is that if somebody makes an AI Nigel, per se, (laughs) and they advertise with it or they say inappropriate things about it, you can put a stop to it. Yeah. But it's a slippery slope dealing with freedom of speech and the right to parody. Because what this bill does, and it's formed right now, again, it's not finalized, it's a work in process, but it's so vague that comedy outlets like Saturday Night Live or South Park, where they imitate voices on the show, could come to an end if somebody says, hey, you can't do that anymore. So, like, one of the... I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel anymore, but one of the bits he used to do was um, unneeded bleeping. I forget exactly what he called unnecessary it. Unnecessary censorship. Unnecessary, unnecessary censorship, where he would uh, blur out and bleep out something somebody said and made it sound like they were cursing. Right. When that's not what they were saying, but when you put the bleep in there or the blur over the mouth, it looked like they were saying a, a vulgar word. Right. Is that kind of what that you're could talking be it. about? When we do the fun you know, AI bits, it's clearly a parody. It's clearly comedy. We say that it's AI, but in theory- if this bill gets through, we could no longer do that. Now, well, I'm reading here. Let me just read this part right, of the bill right. in itself. Uh, the bill states that it would go after anyone who, quote, digitally depicts, replicates, or imitates an individual's likeness or uses any digital technology to alter anything about the subject without their legally binding permission via a collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, I don't know about that. I thought you were talking about people creating these AI, you know, you create AI Tucker Carlson and then make a profit off of it somehow. That's part of it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, have him endorsing a product that he didn't actually endorse. Right. That's what I thought this was going. That goes along with it, but it's so broad and it's so vague. Yeah, they need to drill down on this one for sure. South Park, The Simpsons, you know, Saturday Night Live. Every single person they do an impression of, they would have to get proof binding proof and approval from the collective bargaining bargaining agreement of that individual. So I'm hoping that they take this back to the uh, the workshop and work on it a little bit because South Park is too important to lose, <laughs> especially right now. Ever and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? This is anything. I will run some stories by you. You are the one that breaks down all the information and gives us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Yeah, hit me. Is this anything? A video is making the rounds again from 2017. Okay. Where a family that ordered 20 McNuggets from McDonald's on DoorDash. Ended up with 200 nuggets. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> Here they are opening up the massive amount of food. Oh my God! <laughs> this is a prank. It has to be a prank. <laughs> what the hell is this? Chris, Chris, how did you order? Wait a minute. That's 200 chicken nuggets. 
<laughs> yeah, that's something. That's amazing, especially if it was an accident on the uh, on McDonald's part and they didn't have to pay the bill. Right. You know, if they ordered 20 McNuggets and they ended up getting 200 but only charged for 20, then that's something. And I have a feeling if that happened at my household and or the Hammer household, those nuggets would probably be gone, all 200 of them, within a few hours. I'm just thinking in my mind right now how awesome that would be. It's just it's unbelievably just, awesome. The, the hallelujah music playing in the background as you open it up. Have you seen the movie That's My Boy with Adam Sandler and Andy no, Samberg? Oh, I still haven't seen that yet. You have to watch that movie. It's a throwback to Sandler's dirty kind of comedy days, and it's so dumb, but it's hilarious. There's a scene in there where they go out you know, for a night of debauchery. It's Sandler, his son, I think Vanilla Ice is involved at some point. <laughs> and at the beginning of the night, they put chicken nuggets in their pocket because when you get hammered drunk and you come home later in the night, you got a few yeah. snacks waiting for you. <laughs> Imagine having 200 chicken nuggets laying around. Well, I mean, the Hammer and Nigel show it had a very successful, popular uh, chicken nugget eating challenge a few years ago at the Ugly Monkey. We did. It was you and my brother, Adam. Yes. Right? And you be- you beat him. Yes. It but- was 50 chicken nuggets. Uh, how fast could somebody eat him, wasn't it? Yes. And I ended up getting my finished, chasing it with warm tequila oh. and using the dipping sauce. <laughs> yeah, you beat my brother, which is quite an accomplishment, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. He, you and him are probably about the same size. And uh, yeah, the tequila part, I didn't understand. Well, I needed something to wash it down with, because when you're you know, in when a you, contest- Usually when you're doing eating contests, you wash it down with water, right? Apples and oranges. Warm, warm, well tequila coming out of a plastic jug couldn't help your cause. I'm sorry. Michael Phelps over here, the bastion of health, is criticizing (laughs) me because I used tequila to wash down my chicken nuggets. I can't say anything. You did win the competition. Right. Proud moment in the hammer life. As Reese Bobby, Ricky Bobby's dad, once said, the winners get paid and the winners get laid. (laughs) Is this anything? TikTok is making fun of a lady who Ugh. ranted after she bought a 12-pack of paper towels at Costco yeah. and found out each roll isn't individually wrapped in plastic anymore. Oh my God. She was very upset about this. Here is one of her two rant videos. Kirkland towels. So disappointed. I was trying to put my groceries away, trying to store my stuff away, and then I find out they're not individually wrapped. You know how hard it is for me to store things when I am limited on space and I appreciate that they're individually wrapped so I can make them fit and use them when I need them and so that they don't get dirty. Kept dust-free. I know they're for cleaning your towels and cleaning surfaces, but still, you still want something clean to clean your surfaces and clean your hands. Come on, Kirkland. I know everybody's trying to save money, but seriously... You know, there is so much suffering going on in this world. Uh, there, there, there are unbelievably just acts of atrocities and people dying of starvation, eating dirt, hostages, war, and this moron. This is why I hate TikTok. No more of these TikTok segments. She's complaining she bought a 12-pack of paper towels. I know exactly what she's talking about. My wife buys the same brand at Costco. They used to come individually wrapped after you unwrapped the big package, right? Right. Now, there was a petition that went around saying, we want you to you know, save the planet and not individually wrap 
these paper towels, and that's why they weren't wrapped, not to save cash. And that warranted not one, but two separate ranting videos about the paper towels at Costco. has no idea about life, and I doubt she ever will. Is this anything? A North Carolina middle school is raising some parents' eyebrows after removing all of the mirrors from school bathrooms to prevent kids from making... TikTok TikTok. videos. Okay, whatever. Here's the school's public information officer talking about the decision to remove all the mirrors. Not as many visits to the bathroom, uh, not staying as long, and students are held accountable. And when there's accountability, uh, you see a a great difference. We're trying to educate students. Like, we all have cell phones now. We have to learn to use them. We have to learn when to put them down. Instead of taking the mirrors out of all the bathrooms, why don't you just say, hey, leave your cell phones at home? That's the rule. Well, you could do that, yes. (laughs) But then maybe you have some parents go, hey, I don't trust the way you guys do security at your school. I want little Johnny or little Janie to have her phone with her in case there's an emergency. But taking the mirrors, especially out of high school bathrooms where people are self-conscious and, you know, kids are, you know, not... um, like, if I didn't have a mirror in my high school, I would have been just d- devastated. I was always looking at the mirror, seeing if I had boogers hanging out of my, out of my nose, <laughs> things stuck in my teeth, in my mouth, stuff like that. I feel no. like we're going to hear more news about this story, though. Like, would you be completely shocked if a couple weeks from now, during this segment, I say, we've got a follow-up, that teacher that removed all the mirrors... They found all the mirrors at his house on the ceiling of his bedroom <laughs> and a bunch of hookers and blow. Uh, no, nothing surprises me anymore. And then it'd probably be on a TikTok video just like his kids. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, boy, Hammer. Excuse me. We haven't had to do this in a while, so let's not waste any time. Let's check in with America's battle against COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. There are three vaccines. China piss off. Now you've made the world cough. We're Nigel, take it. Here we go. Because of COVID-19. So um, the United States is in the middle of this winter wave of COVID, and it's driven by what they are saying is a heavily mutated, fast-spreading new variant. What's the name of that variant? JN1. JN1. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but that JN stands for... For Judd Nelson. Face it, you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. JN1, named after Judd Nelson. Hold on, the the latest COVID variant named after Bender from The Breakfast Club? (laughs) He was also in New Jack City, but yes. Yes, right. Okay, so, but this, uh, they're saying this new mutated COVID virus accounts for over 85% of the cases nationwide. I wonder if it's what I had. Uh, right before Christmas. So you're going to have to get specific here. If we're talking about a COVID wave, I'm going to need information on what some of these symptoms are. Well, how long do you have? Did, uh, are you we're here till seven. Okay. 
uh, some of the symptoms if you have uh, JN1, the latest mutant variant of COVID-19. Big scary variant now. Big scary variant. Uh, congestion. Okay. Runny nose. Okay. Cough. Huh. Diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. I was waiting for it. I was hoping you wasn't going to skip it over. I was waiting for it. Can I hear it one more time, Allison? Oh, wow. So, those are your symptoms of the new COVID variant. Like, I I love how diarrhea is one of the symptoms. Diarrhea. <laughs> like, if you only have diarrhea, right? Diarrhea. But none of the other symptoms. Like, you know there are people rushing to Walgreens to buy a COVID test. Oh, my gosh, I have explosive diarrhea. I know diarrhea. I only ate, I know I ate fifty dollars worth of Taco Bell last night, but I'm gonna go take a COVID test. It could be COVID. It could be JN1. <laughs> I got the Judd Nelson. I got a runny nose and a cough, also known as a cold. I gotta tell you, man. I mean that stuff. Allison knows it, it. It had been going around. I don't know if it's still going around, but you you know as well as anybody. You and I both had it. Yeah, we did around the same time. You gave time. it to me for Christmas well, Eve. Well, I'm J- Jerry Lopez, who I work together a lot with. Uh, when you were gone in December, says I gave it to him. Spanglish throwing you under the bus. Spanglish says I'm the one that gave it to him because I had, I had like two days to go before my vacation started for Christmas, right? And and you were gone. And like I woke up with a hundred and three and a half degree temperature, and I was like, oh boy! And I wouldn't even take it a test, except that we were going to be around elderly people for Christmas. And my wife was like, I don't want to get sick. I don't want the kids to be sick for Christmas. And it like turned bright pink right away. <laughs> I mean, no bones about it. You know, you have the. Have you ever taken? I've barely taken. You know, it's maybe my only my second test I've ever taken for COVID. To take a test where you're taking cocaine, Take a test where you're taking cocaine. So, be aware, the JN1 COVID variant and symptoms include fatigue, headache, muscle aches, diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> Let's do some booze yeah, news, please. shall we? You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. <laughs> So we talked about this a little bit when Richard from St. Elmo was in here, but happy hour and carry out booze may be coming to a bar or restaurant near you here in Indiana. What are the current rules? The current rules are Indiana is one of eight states that does not allow a alcohol happy hour. It means the price can't change. Correct. You can't offer specials to come in during a certain time where you know it changes every day. Can't do it. Because apparently we live in the 1800s here. They do that sometimes with appetizers and stuff. But even then, I think there's rules on that. 
on the right. books. So, like, if you go out to Las Vegas, I go out to Vegas a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of those places have amazing happy hours. Yeah. The Flamingo used to have, like, nickel beers for, like, two hours, you know, from, like, four to six o'clock, and then everything else was back to normal. Same, same in Austin, Texas, when my wife and I lived there in the uh, in the late 2000s. I, we used to uh, happy hours all the time. Loved them. Oh, man. So much fun. So, House Bill 1086 passed out of committee on a 12 to 1 vote uh, despite raising some concerns that the bill would further promote alcohol consumption. There's always a few wet blankets in this process. Remember when some of these retail stores, convenience stores wanted to be able to sell cold beer? Yes. And we talked to some of these lawmakers. Their excuse given was well, that's going to create out of control teens. <laughs> I remember that guy. They're going to gather together in the aisles of convenience stores and uh, run amok and steal and drink the cold beer. <laughs> out of control teens was the reason given that places like Rickers, yeah. who figured out a loophole, still got the shaft. But this new bill, authored by uh, Representative Jake uh, Teshka, from District 7, calls for the return of happy hour, a fixed set of time, usually you know after work hours, where you can get a discounted alcohol price. This would also legalize the sale of carry-out or to-go alcoholic drinks. Now, this happens in a lot of places. I think that you have these in Texas a lot, right? You can get a to-go cup of booze somewhere. You just can't, obviously, drink it when you drive. Yeah. It would be sealed in a container and marked as alcoholic. So if you get pulled over with one of these and you've opened it up, you're still in trouble. But if it's still got the wrap on it or the lid or whatever. You want to take a margarita to go with you after you've had a few chalupas uh, and you want want a margarita to, you know, sit at home and drink, that would be okay. With this new bill, yes. Can't do that right now. But with this new bill. Now, again, the open carry law here in Indiana states it doesn't matter if you're the passenger or you're the driver. If you have anything that is open in your car, a cup with a lid counts as open. If there's a straw in it, you are still going to get in trouble. This would make it so as long as that did not have a straw and it's all sealed up, you can get it to go. I Take will it home admit, I will freely admit on this radio show that when I get an Uber, I usually am accompanied by my wife and or a roadie. Roadie meaning? Um, open container. There you go. <laughs> In a red plastic solo cup. Got some more booze news, and I love this story. World War II veteran who was born in Michigan, now living in Florida, just celebrated her 101st birthday. Here she is with her daughter talking about the accomplishments and her secret to long life. She raised seven children, and life was tough on the farm, and so she always wanted to give back. She knew how important health care was and how important it was for the community to help one another. What's my secret to a long life? To drink all the booze you can drink. Come on! (laughs) Drink all the booze you can drink. Hell yeah! 101 years old, World War II veteran. Her daughter is saying, oh, health care is so important to the longevity of somebody that's 101 years old. And she said, what? What's my secret to a long life? To drink all the booze you can drink. 
Damn here, right. Here. I'm with her. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. So I anticipated hell breaking loose this morning because we spoke with Marcus Bailey, meteorologist for Wish TV yesterday, and he told us that one of two things could happen. If the temperature fell just two or three degrees, it could be like an ice skating rink out on the roads this morning. Yeah. Luckily, the temperature stayed above freezing, and we just got a crap ton of rain. Selfishly for me, my kids did not have a two-hour delay, so that means I had to wake up at the butt crack of dawn and get their little butts out the door. Well, sorry for your <laughs> issues, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I was happy that I didn't have to get out there and I am put so salt mad. down. I am so mad that 465 wasn't a sheet of glass. <laughs> it would have been much better for my sleep. Um, are you one of these people that, as you get older, when the weather changes, it affects like your jo- your joints or your bones? <laughs> My junk? Your junk, <laughs> even. If it gets cold enough, it oh, does. Oh, man, I can feel the rain coming on. It's in my junk. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't feel anything coming in my like knees and things like that when, weather, when bad weather's coming now. Because a new poll of thousands of Americans... One in four people can, quote, feel it in their knees when there's a storm coming. Um, This new poll shows that 52% of people say they can predict storms by the way their knees or their fingers feel. 24% said no. And another 24% said they're not sure. So I didn't know if you were one of these folks that, you know, your knees swell up, Uh, your fingers start to twitch a little bit, and you know we're going to get a good old-fashioned storm. I am one of these guys, though, that, like, uh, I'm, like, walking randomly down the hallway uh, just now, and, uh, like, something in my hip will just twinge, and I'm like, I'll be like, oh, man, that hurts. <laughs> like, I'm just walking normally, and the, something in the, the right side of my hip, just, I don't know what it is. I'm like, oh, boy, I could have... <laughs> If I wasn't paying attention, fall to the floor. <laughs> I'm not even 48 years old yet, Hammer. I love how many people that work on this floor would walk by and see you on the ground and just assume you were drinking again. <laughs> Nigel, come on. <sighs> I'm really in pain down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's in your bag? Don't worry about it. Um, it's fun to occasionally remember how gross... We all are. Is it really? It is. Here's another reminder. Somebody asked people to name hygiene mistakes that are way too common. So these are things that uh, people do that uh, are considered hygiene mistakes. Number one, never cleaning your phone or your keys. See, I'm I'm a good phone cleaner. I am too. I am a good, if I'm using, you know, if I have a wet wipe for any reason... Usually it's, it's, I use it on multiple surfaces, maybe my buttocks, um, but I will also, I will pull out an additional uh, wet wipe and clean off my phone, okay. especially in the bathroom. Additional is key because you don't want to get all the <laughs> yeah. bacteria off your phone and put it right back in your anus. Or vice versa. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Never clean your phone with something you wipe your butt with. If you've learned anything from the Hammer and Nigel show, take that piece of advice with you. Uh, also on the list, 
just rinsing your hands in the bathroom. You're supposed to put the soap on there and really lather it up and soap it up and wash every individual finger, mm. not just go through the motions. I mean, I've been, I've been in bathrooms before where there's been no soap, so what are you supposed to do? I right. Mean, rinsing is better than nothing. Uh, not cleaning your belly button. And if you've got a deep any, you really got get like a Q-tip and get in that thing. I ain't got nothing in there right now. Oh, really? Clean. Yeah. I bet if Allison went in there with a Q-tip, I bet <laughs> she could find Allison, something. Bring some Q-tips tomorrow, and you can dig in my belly button. That's going to be a Facebook Live tomorrow, <laughs> an exclusive. Yeah, I think I'm going to be sick that day. <laughs> uh, being a shoes-on household. Shoes yeah, off people whatever. think it's gross, but you track in all kinds of stuff. I'm a shoes off guy. I'm a shoes on guy, too. Like, if I'm walking at home, just home, I walk to the house. In in this weather, shoes off, for sure. My wife would kill me if I walked in and I had with, with, with you know, wet shoes. What if you got groceries and you really got to poop well. and something like that? Shoes are staying on. That's just the way that yeah, it's going to be. It is. I'm not going to sit down there and drop all my groceries to take my shoes off and pick them back up. That's way too much work. Um, never cleaning door handles is on the list. I've never cleaned one door handle in my life. To hold up. You told us on this show that yes. during COVID, you would wipe down individual beers that you had bought from the store, but you've never once cleaned the door I, handle. I did that once, and it was only for half a case before I came to my senses and said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. You had that moment of zen yeah. about halfway through, and you thought, what in the hell am I doing? <laughs> uh, this is the list of uh, hygiene mistakes that people make. Not scrubbing your butt crack. <laughs> People just assumed you let the soap and the water run down and get in that little crack. It's not enough. I turn around. I definitely, in the shower, I turn around and, and spread them so the water and the soap get down there. But I also make sure and, and, and get in there a little bit, too, with some extra vigorous uh, scrubbing. That sounds like another Q-tip challenge for Allison <laughs> tomorrow that uh, we'll have to do here on the show. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> by the way, this has been Allison's final day of working on the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, last one. All right. Flushing with the toilet lid up, it sprays tiny little droplets oh, all over your bathroom. They did that Mythbusters that one time with the toothbrushes, and they you know, took a bunch of poops in the bathroom, <laughs> and then they tested whether or not the droplets from the toilet got on the toothbrush, and there was nothing there. That's a bunch of BS. So to recap, never wash your phone with something you've cleaned your butt with, right? and vice versa. Yes. Take anything away from this segment, take that. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! So if you want a losing candidate who puts America last, vote for Nikki Haley. But if you want a president who puts America first every single time, you're going to vote for Donald J. Trump, and you have to get out of here. 
Donald Trump in New Hampshire last night. It's primary day, Hammer. I don't know. A couple of weeks ago, last week after the Iowa caucuses, I was like, man, this is tailgate worthy. This is really, you know, it's gonna, it might be a little bit closer. Nikki Haley's creeping up on Trump, but then DeSantis dropped out and uh, Vivek dropped out. And he's going to get all those percentage points. He's going to get all those votes. And I don't think it's going to be close tonight. I don't either. And if you watched Fox and Friends this morning, uh, one of the things they do is they have Lawrence Jones, one of their uh, reporters. Love Lawrence Jones, actually. Awesome dude. Yeah. Broadcast from like a diner somewhere in the state that's having the election or the primary. So he was in Bedford, New Hampshire, in just a diner. You know, side of the road, mom and pop diner this morning, and he was trying to get a temperature for who people were rooting for or voting for. Take a listen. Who is going to support Nikki Haley today? Okay, you got one. And who plans on (laughs) supporting Donald Trump? (laughs) Okay, we got one. Technically, Nikki Haley has the lead because six people at the stroke of midnight last night cast their vote. It's something New Hampshire does every time. Uh, The tiny area of Dixville Notch, uh, they kick (laughs) off primary day. Only six people live in this county. Four registered Republicans and two independents, and it all went to Nikki Haley. Oh, well, then maybe I'm not too sure. Maybe I, I I should recant my last statement about how he's going to roll. Wouldn't you love to see Nikki Haley after that go, stop the steal! Stop the count! Stop the steal! Um, I think it will be a blowout tonight, uh, yeah, but the we... question is how big of a blowout. So I'm going to set a point spread here, Nige. I'm going to ah. channel my inner gambling degenerate, and I'm going to put a point spread out there on margin of victory for Trump. You tell me if you're over or under. Donald Trump winning by 20.5%. Over or under? Uh, over. Over. I'm going hit, to hit the over there. I mean, just, I mean, we had a poll uh, yesterday, I believe, where it was like, and this was before DeSantis dropped out, that, that, that Trump was at 57%, Nikki Haley was in like the late 30s. Right. Uh, now, the that high, was the. High the 30s. Uh, First poll since DeSantis had dropped out. Oh, so it's, it's okay. See, there, there you go. So, if we're going to do this, let's do this right. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to give you a primary degenerate special. It's time for Hammer's Degenerate Special. <laughs> Normally, when we do the degenerate special, we're betting on a MAC football game or a Sunbelt Conference college basketball game. Tonight, we're betting on the New Hampshire primary. Are we really? Because I don't think it's legal to bet on primaries. That but... was never legal to bet before a couple of years ago. To never stop this guy. So I've set the line at Donald Trump 20 and a half. Okay. That's the margin of victory. So take away the most recent poll, that one outlier that showed, you know, where yeah. DeSantis's votes are going to go. Previous polling, the aggra- average, if you will, showed 51 to 32 around that ballpark. But I do think that all of the DeSantis votes are going to go to Trump. Maybe half of Vivek. I don't know if some of the younger Mm. voters of Vivek were on board with Donald Trump. 
I think that's point. why they were Vivek supporters. But they definitely knew, liked Vivek, and they weren't down with Nikki Haley at all. No, not at all. And because Vivek's been out stumping and being the flavor yep. flave uh, for Donald Trump, like the world's best <laughs> hype man, I think you're going to get at least half of those supporters. So let's just say DeSantis was polling at 5% and Vivek was polling at 2%. Okay. I think those votes going to Donald Trump tonight, that gives us an over. I'm with you, Nige. We're going over 20.5 winning percentage points for Donald Trump, and that is your degenerate special. Love it. Uh, We were on the air yesterday, and this crazy story from Illinois was starting to pick up some speed. There was a manhunt for this guy that killed seven people, and the U.S. Marshals were after him, and anytime there's what could be a serial killer on the loose in a neighboring state, I think it warrants our attention here in Indiana. Well, the story is over. Uh, The guy... Romeo Nance, 23 years old, was found dead in Texas around 8.30 p.m. last night. He shot and killed himself with a handgun as police were zeroing in on him. Still have no motive. They were family members, weren't they? Yeah. There's no motive as oh, to what's going on just here. Awful, and imagine you know the victims of the you know the family members that are left behind, but also being a police officer walking into a scene like that. Could you imagine? Unbelievable. Uh, so the situation has been resolved. This piece of scum is no longer with us. Uh, it just sucks that we're not going to get resolution as to yeah. why this happened. And this is why we've been saying for a long time it's important to keep Richard Allen alive. So we have some answers in this Delphi investigation, because if he kicks the bucket in prison, these families might not ever find out, you know, why this happened. They still might not, but at least they have a chance to right now. Uh, Real quick, before we get out of here, Orkin, you know, the bug people? Yeah. they They released their list of cities with the most bed bugs. And coming in at number eight, Indianapolis, Indiana, baby. Gross. Number eight (laughs) is Indy, which brings us to great moments in bug history. This is where a reporter was doing a report, and a bug flew in his mouth. What really happened on that Thursday here at Augusta High School that led to Chris Wood's death? (laughs) The (laughs) that? I'm dying this freaking country ass freaked up town. Flying in my mouth. The freak I can't see pollen. Let's get the freak out of this country, motherfucker. Now, that was not live on television. That was a recorded report, but. One of the all time classics. Okay, let's begin. Are you really okay with this? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty freaking far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! So, there's been a lot of talk about comedian and actor Polly Shore's short film where he portrays Richard Simmons, who's the, you know, Richard Simmons, the iconic exercise guru. It's called The Court Jester. Here is a quick scene where Polly, as Richard, talks to an overweight production assistant. What's your name? I'm David. Hi, David. I'm Richard. Mm. 
You're, oh, you're looking at me because I'm eating a donut? You think it's weird? Oh. Listen, every day I try to find a moment to bring me peace. And every day it's something completely different. Today it's a donut. Mmm. You know, there was a time in my life when food was the only thing that brought me peace. Food was very nice to me, and I wasn't nice to myself. You're only talking to me because I'm fat. No, David. <laughs> I saw you working really hard not to be noticed, and I know what it's like to want to disappear. What's my first rule? Um, like yourself. Your weight doesn't matter. If you like yourself, you're going to be fine. Polly Shore is Richard Simmons. Are we okay with this? I think I am. I think that's a great cast. Um... I think one, he looks like him a little bit. He does. You can you can watch a clip of it online on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. He really looks like him. And Paulie's at the stage in his career now where he knows he's not the wheeze anymore. <laughs> you know, he's not going down to spring break and hooking yeah. up with college chicks anymore. Uh, we had him on our old podcast. We used yeah. to do it at Coach's yeah. Tavern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's a little bit more down to earth now. And I'm good with this. The question is: Is Richard Simmons? good with this because I've heard some chatter that Richard Simmons wasn't on board with a full length movie see here. where Paulie Shore would play him well there's a couple things with that this is apparently it's not a full length movie it's a short film okay and uh, it debuted at the Sundance Film Festival Paulie Shore says that Richard actually texted him and wished him good luck so you're not going to wish somebody good luck if you didn't approve but I don't know if he's seen that you know Richard Simmons has actually seen the movie but wait a minute two weeks ago Richard Simmons said he did not support Paulie making a biopic about him hmm. now maybe yeah, the uh, length of the movie is you know Something that's different, yeah. because this was a short film that Paulie did. Maybe Richard didn't want some two-hour marathon. I don't know, but he's flip-flopped. He's gone full politician in just two <laughs> weeks. Remember when Paulie Shore, he was on our bar cast there at Coach's Tavern, and the only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, he kind of got mad that we didn't have security for him. Do you remember right. that? right. I'm like, Paulie, I mean, he was performing at Crackers Comedy Club, and we would get their comedians to come over and promote the show, right? Right, like on their way yeah. to the club. And I don't know, if somebody wanted to come up and take a picture or something with him. He goes, you guys got security for me here? You guys don't have security? Get a few beers in me, Paulie, and I'll beat the <laughs> hell out of whoever you want, but this is the best we're going to do for you, kid. Okay. Sammy Hagar, the Red Rocker. Uh, my favorite singer in Van Halen was on Finding Your... I know that's a controversial take, uh, but Sammy Hagar was on one of those Finding Your Roots shows, like a Test Your DNA, and he, they found out what his last name really is. Here is the clip from that segment. Sammy, this chart shows the total number of men found with the surname Hagar who match your Y-DNA signature. Zero. <laughs> How can that be? Sammy, genetically, you are not a Hagar. Get out of here. You want to find out what your real biological oh, surname yes. is? Yes. What I'm about to introduce you to is 100% certain, because you are not a Hagar. Please turn the page. Please I'm speak. a Belcher? You are a Belcher. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a Belcher? Your Y-DNA matches 20 <laughs> Seven men with the surname Belcher. Wow. You are Sammy Belcher. <laughs> what a trip. Are you okay with uh, Sammy Hagar now being called Sammy Belcher? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Like, it could be your stage name anyway. It doesn't matter. Sure. Uh, but no, your whole brand is Sammy Hagar. You're the Red Rocker. You're Mr. Cabo Wabo Tequila guy. 
You're not Sammy Belcher. <laughs> you don't come from the long line of Belchers that are known for rocking our faces off. No, but now that Sammy Hagar knows his real last name, he's re- actually re-recorded some of his classics. Here's one right now. Sammy, he goes, Belcher? Uh, Wendy's (laughs) is coming after Taco Bell by releasing a breakfast burrito that has six strips of bacon. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not. Oh, no. Wow. I know a lot of people would say, whoa, whoa, why are you not okay with something that has six strips of bacon in it? Because Wendy's, they're not the burrito people. It's really important for me that these restaurants play the hits. Do what you do best. Um, I don't like it when McDonald's tries to get cute and come out with things. I don't like it when Wendy's tries to get in the burrito business. The same way Taco Bell shouldn't come out with a line of hamburgers, right? Do (laughs) Do what you do best here. Wendy's is really good. Like a classic Dave's Double. Oh, yeah. People sleep on that. Sure. People don't remember how good those things really are. And the thing that I want to see come back from Wendy's is that like potato salad bar they used to have inside the restaurants. Old school. And then you would sit down in an area of the restaurant that looked like a damn greenhouse and enjoy your meal. That's what I want to see Wendy's come back with, not working on burritos. And uh, inspired by this new Wendy's uh, bacon burrito, new from Hammer and Nigel Foods, Hammer. Wendy's is competing with Taco Bell by offering up a breakfast burrito with two eggs and six strips of bacon. Bacon? Bacon. And that sounds pretty amazing. Bacon! But wouldn't it be really cool <laughs> bacon. if somebody could come out with bacon. more bacon? A breakfast item? I love bacon! It's so delicious bacon. that you won't believe Believe your taste buds. Did someone say bacon? Now get 10 slices of bacon wrapped in bacon, stuffed in a bacon shaped taco, served with a bagel made of bacon, a bacon waffle, and a side of bacon. Yeah. The breakfast baconaceous baconatory bacon with bacon and bacon. Get yours today. And call your cardiologist this afternoon. <laughs> okay, I stand corrected. If Wendy's comes out with that, then I'm all in. That actually made me hungry listening to that. Uh, Netflix has purchased the rights to WWE Monday Night Raw. Are you okay with this? Yeah, I'm fine with this because I have a Netflix uh, subscription. Now, if I did not have Netflix and I was a big WWE guy, I'd be a little salty because it's been on basic cable for as long as I can remember. The flagship show, Monday Night Raw. The USA? Yeah, has been on USA, I believe, for years. Um, They have other shows, like SmackDown airs on Fox and the pay-per-view events. They call them something different now. I think premium live events. They're on Peacock. So if you have a Peacock Mm -hmm. subscription, you get to watch what we used to call pay-per-views. But the signature show beginning next year is moving to Netflix. 10 years, $5 billion. $5 billion. So, again, soap opera for dudes. That's what I've always called professional wrestling. You know, women watch The Young and the Restless. Dudes watch Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. The other shows, their contracts are coming up later. But, yeah, I'm okay with this. And this takes us to great moments in wrestling history, Nige. This was at WrestleMania a number of years ago where Donald Trump (laughs) ran in and attacked Vince McMahon. (laughs) Hey, look at this! 
And Donald Trump is like pumping his fist and going, yeah! Right. That's a meme on, on social media. For people who think that it's like a Hammer and Nigel Productions thing, no, that's real. That happened yeah. in real life. I believe Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. He shaved Vince McMahon's head. <laughs> that's right. The billionaire challenge, Vince McMahon had his head shaved by Donald Trump. Uh, great. And he became President of the United States yes. later, a few years later. Great moments in wrestling history. I think this was on Jimmy Fallon's show, uh, where they had real WWE wrestlers reading <laughs> messages from kindergartners. They had kindergartners write out trash talk for wrestlers, <laughs> and then they had the real wrestlers, like in their character, read what the kids wrote. Now remember, these were all written by real kids, uh, here to do our first taunt. Give it up for Braun Strowman! You want a piece of me? Do you want a piece of me? I'm gonna kick your butt till you fall in the lake! And I'm not joking, because when I'm kidding, I say knock knock! <laughs> Up is the two-time WWE Tag Team Champion, Drew McIntyre. I am going to shove my foot so far up your butts <laughs> that you are going to be pooping toes for a week. Next, give it up for Kofi Kingston. Hey, check it out. You look like a potato and a chicken nugget had a baby. Oh, <laughs> and finally... We have a two-time WWE World Champion, Seth Rollins! Don't make me bake a pie and put your face in it. Because your butt is your face. And your face is your butt. Here I know little kids wrote those insults for the WWE characters to say, but those all sound like real things they would actually say. I love it. I love it. Great moments in wrestling history. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Guess who's back, 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 back again. Nigel Show. Hello. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. You can find him on social media at Indie Spanglish. He is a fill-in host here at 93 WIBC. Jerry Lopez joins us. How are you, my friend? Hey, hey. What's going on, fellas? How are you? Do you like J-Lo better or Jer-Bear better? <laughs> Out of those two, would have to go J-Lo, but neither would be my preference. Indie Spanglish <laughs> is, your, is your handle. Uh, is tonight tailgate worthy? This is a debate Nige and I have been having for a while. New Hampshire primary, is tonight a tailgate event? I mean, I don't think so at all, fellas. Trump's still up double digits. The only thing that's interesting here is what's going to happen with independent voters. Outside of that, like, who really cares? Is, yeah. it, is it a big deal that Ron DeSantis exited the race and then endorsed Donald Trump? Kind of I, a, I, think it's a, I think it's a huge deal that he did it so early. I, I was always under the mindset that February 8th, when the SCOTUS hears about uh, whether um, states can take Trump off the ballot or not, that would be the decision day. So I felt like he did it a little early. I don't think the SCOTUS is going to rule against Trump, but in the event they did, I would have preferred him over uh, Nikki Haley. Well, Nikki Haley, she says she's not interested in being anybody's vice president, Jerry. She said she's going to ride this thing out as far as she can. She has no intentions of quitting, even if she gets boat raced tonight. Your thoughts? 
Well, I mean, she obviously is not going to have the opportunity to be the vice president. I, I don't think. And Donald Trump spoke about that yesterday, saying that she doesn't have what he yeah. called presidential timber. Right. So I don't know. I think she's in in for the uh, the right of her life. Come what is it? End of February 24th, when she goes against Donald Trump in her own state. Right now, she's down almost 40 points. And it's easy to say that you're not interested in a job that no one's going to offer you anyway. It'd be like if me, <laughs> you know, if I went out there and said, you know, I'm not interested in being the number one pick in the NFL draft. Well, I don't think that's going to be a problem, Jerry. I mean, that, that's not going to be an issue, but let's be honest. Didn't Kamala Harris say the exact same thing? Like, she didn't want to work for Joe Biden, but no. when he called, she was ready to sign up, and she was calling him every, everything other than a slave owner. Yeah, so, I mean, she, she on stage him. in front of people during those debates was accusing him all but of racism and palling around with segregationists. Kamala Harris said that she believed Biden's sexual assault accuser, Tara Reid, and then she has to turn around and take a phone call from him, and I believe the words were, let's go to work. Yeah, yeah, something like that, or we did it, Joe, or something like such as something. It was just like you know, this is all this is all just talking. I think Trump did a. Well, I didn't expect DeSantis to drop out early. It's nice to see him back, Trump. Same thing with uh, Vivek to turn around and back Trump. So um, here we go. Now we have Scott turn around and back Trump. So everybody's starting to starting to get behind Trump here. Uh, It's only a matter of time before she has to. And it feels like Nikki Haley is kind of throwing everything she can at the wall, right? Because now she's trying to play the racism card. Nikki Haley comes out and says that she dealt with racism when she was younger because she was brown, Jerry. Yeah, well... I mean, Nikki Haley was as brown as Tiffany Ender Thiessen was back in the day. Like, when you, when, when, so I did a little bit of research on her. So she is of Indian descent. Her father taught at Voorhees College in South Carolina. Now, here's the kicker. It's a historically black college. So if she wants to go on a little bit more about the racism she went through, I would love to hear about it. But I think right now she's just trying to play that, that typical Democrat victim mentality. You know, it'll be, it'll be another couple of weeks before she pulls out the woman card. Yeah, right? there's, like, well, she's honest. already pulled out the woman card plenty. First woman governor of the state of South Carolina. First uh, female this, that. And yes, she does mention the race card. I mean, look, her parents are from Punjab, India, so it's not like she's, you know, that that's in her heritage, but I would say you're probably a lot more brown than she is, if, if we're all speaking Yeah, bluntly. yeah, but when we, talk about, when we talk about race in the U.S., we talk about white and black, right? Do other people get deal with racism? Sure. And do I did I have moments growing up where, like, I was the different kid? Sure. But I guarantee there were a lot of times that, that she was accepted because she wasn't white or she wasn't black, and that's a lot of the things that I went through. Like, people treated me different both sides treated me different because I wasn't the other side. I would love to see Nikki Haley walk into the same room as Spanglish and then Nikki Haley expect to have all the sympathy going her way because she is the dynamic, powerful woman of color. Listen, the fact that she was Indian worked out to her advantage. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Just one more thing on this. All the votes from DeSantis and Vivek, they're, they're all going to Trump. Right. I mean, they they have to. They have to. But but um, DeSantis's campaign is not doing any favors. Right. Somebody came out and they were talking about online. You know, uh, it's Jimmy Pators. He's the state chief financial officer. And he created this thing called the Freedom Fighters Fund. It provides up to five million in financial support to Florida residents running for president who face legal, partisan or political attacks by the Department of Justice to state attorneys. That sounds great for somebody like Donald Trump, who's been going through this. Right. So somebody put out an article and it says uh, it's in Florida's best interest to make sure their champion for president is allowed a fair shot at the White House without being taken down by some fake witch hunt. 
Now, DeSantis, like two days ago, DeSantis' campaign retweets that and puts, but not the Florida Republican who wields the veto pen. Interesting. Wow. Right. So mm. it's it's you're still not doing yourself a whole lot of favors, and it seemed like a little jab, but yeah. I, I mean, at this point, everybody needs to get behind the Kent that we think can do the best job, and it has to be Donald Trump. Can Nikki Haley stand up to the ad machine that the Democrats are going to throw her? I don't think so. All right, let's shift gears just a little bit here and uh, bring in a little closer to home. Are you still feuding with that socialist city council member, Jerry? <laughs> No, no, he tapped out. He stopped responding to me, and it, yeah, I, I, he learned his lesson, and I'm okay with that. But now he's going after, you know, businesses in the city and taking down, you know, to wishing financial hardship on people, and just uh, he may do, he may be the best uh, friend of the the GOP there in Marion County because he's making the Democrats look horrible. Well, was I heard talking about this a lot? What, it was something with a pizza shop, and they weren't okay with the the blue line or something like that. Yeah, it was Giacomo's Pizza. Uh, so he came out and said, you know, they, they were anti the blue line, which is the the, the dedicated bus line, right? And um, somebody came out on Twitter and said it, it's it's sad to see a government rep acting as a government rep welcoming financial hardships of a small business because they don't agree. Now this is Jesse Brown's response because they don't agree with the democratic priority par, uh, process. Guilty. I'm very welcoming to their financial hardship. I also welcome financial hardship for those who don't agree to murder people. I welcome financial hardship for those politicians who lead a coup. This guy is full-blown wacko. He's trying to, I, I assume, tying in Israel, Donald Trump, to Giacomo somehow. One more thing here before we let you go. Again, <laughs> speaking with uh, Jerry Lopez, indie Spanglish on social media. We were on the air yesterday, and we got the news that the Supreme Court came down with their verdict in regards to what Texas can do to defend themselves against what's happening at the border. And by a five to four vote, basically Texas got the shaft here. They have to sit back and basically just allow an invasion taking place because Amy Coney Barrett and Roberts decided to side with the super liberal justices. I mean, what a letdown, right? What's the point of having a majority if you can't even support, first of all, the Constitution? Let's take political parties out of this. We, we are being invaded from the South. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. We have to stop it. We have to stop it. It benefits us as a country, regardless of politics. But to have two conservative judges appointed uh, to go the other way, it was, it was so heartbreaking. It's like, what is, what is Texas allowed to do now? Right. And we're hearing reports that their National Guard is still, you know, training and they're preparing to send even more numbers to the border here. But honestly, to me, Jerry, this isn't even a Republican or Democrat thing. I mean, you look at, you know, <laughs> what's written, what's in documents, what's in, you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. This is an invasion that the Supreme Court said was okay. 100%. Now, here's the Biden administration argued that the wire prevents agents from reaching migrants who've already crossed the border into the U.S. So do we just need to move it further out to the like to the border? Or what's the line here? Because I think they're trying to say that it was already in Texas, quote unquote. Right. But those people are already in the country. Well, well the thing we is, that thing, that thing was saving illegal immigrants' lives. I mean, you try to cross the Rio Grande and you see that in your way, you're not crossing the Rio Grande and risking life and limb. And, and now that's another tool taken out of the toolbox for Texas. 
100%. That was one of the things that really kicked us off. Is there was, I think it was a woman and two kids drowned uh, out there in the water. And, and it's like, well, let's stop encouraging people to try. Right. Like if I know that I have a chance to do something, then, then I might just try it. But if I know that there's no chance I can get in, why would I risk coming over with my kids? So what would you do, Jerry, if you lived at Uvalde, Texas, you had a house down there it was you, your kids, you know, people you cared about. You hear that, you know, the Supreme Court said the state of Texas can't officially defend themselves. Basically, what would you do as an individual? Well, we're talking about a lot of military-age males. I mean, the vast majority of them are military-age males. So at what point in time am I protecting my domain, my castle, my yard, my family, all this stuff? Because at this point, that's what it's going to take. It doesn't look like the government's coming to save us. And that was basically what Tucker Carlson said on Twitter. If you look at his Twitter feed, he's calling on the men of Texas to basically act like men and defend, at this point, not only the state, but America. Yeah, so I just uh, I saw it on Twitter last night. I reposted. I'll repost it again just so it's up at the top. But they're actually starting to establish a couple rallies this weekend at some of these areas, and it's what it sounds like. It almost sounds like some, you know, the civilian military or something like that. When you have so John there, Fetterman, yeah. look, I mean, when you have John Fetterman saying this immigration crisis is destroying America, you've lost John Fetterman. Uh, I, I think everything's on the table at this point. Well, it seems like he's healing very well from his medical issue. Yeah. I did not have agreeing with John Fetterman on my 2024 <laughs> bingo card, but I, but I have covered up that piece a lot of times this year. You can find him on social media at Indy Spanglish. He also is a fill-in host here at 93 WIBC. Jerry Lopez, my man, thank you so much. Have a great day. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Have you heard of this guy? This is Jelly Roll, right? Jelly Roll. The real name's Jason DeFord. A uh, very popular uh, country music singer. He just spoke about, about fentanyl recently, didn't he? In front of Congress, yes. yes. Um, here he is talking about how he got his unique name and why he's called Jelly Roll. My mother named me that whenever I was a little chubby kid. been fat my whole life. <laughs> and uh, she started calling me Jelly Roll when I was young, and I spent the next 30 years trying to grow into the name. Yeah, it just stuck. And then I had a guy in high school that jokingly called me Jelly Roll. He didn't know that was my house name. And his name was One Arm Clay, and you won't believe it, but he had one arm. And uh, one arm Clay was like, we should call you Jelly Roll. I'm one arm Clay and you'll be Jelly Roll. Like, My mama calls me Jelly Roll. And then once the high school starts calling you something, you know, that's that's the kid in Caboodle. <laughs> I like this guy. I do too. I mean, it's better than lard ass, right? <laughs> it's better, you know, that he's right. To, but once something takes hold in high school, it doesn't leave you. Right. So that, just like lard ass in the movie Stand By Me. <laughs> Who were the people, though, that couldn't figure out why he was called Jelly Role. Like, somebody had to have asked him, hey, why do people call you Jelly Roll? Have you seen me? Have you looked at me? <laughs> I eat Jelly Rolls three times a day, breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. Yeah, I, uh, I've i never seen him perform live or anything. I don't know what his he's, show is I like. I think he's won some awards. Yeah, people love that. him. People love him, and he seems like a pretty decent guy. Again, he testified in front of uh, Congress. Oh, Right, yeah, fentanyl. About the dangers of yeah. fentanyl and it coming across the border and how it's affected his life, his family, his fans, and things like that. Yeah.